0: Hi everybody, it's Veronica from BNI and this is our second episode of BNI, the Australian Story podcast. I'd just like to welcome our Executive Director of the Melbourne South Region once again, Mr Brent Edwards.
1: Thank you Veronica, great to be here for our second episode, really exciting and we've got a great guest here today and I'm looking forward to sharing... Story with all our listeners.
0: Yes, now we have got a very special guest today, and I'm really looking forward to getting stuck straight into that incredible story. But just before we do, a little bit about BNI for anyone who's just tuning in, possibly for the first time. BNI Australia is a powerful and collaborative business that's built on relationships, which are an essential part of any credible marketing strategy. BNI is Australia's premier business networking organisation, and our service at BNI and within all the chapters is designed to offer our members the opportunity to create business relationships, share ideas, contacts, and most importantly, business referrals. So just throwing to you, Brent, tell me a little bit about the feedback we've had regarding these podcasts and how they're helping their members.
1: Well, our first one only just recently went live. So what we're about is sharing inspirational stories that, from our members that are sharing with us from their involvement within b Whether that's been uh, making their business and life a success where being a part of a BNI network, they've been able to leverage help or other things they wouldn't get as part of a network. And there's so many inspirational stories in Australia. So that's what we're focusing on here. And that's what we hope to share over the coming weeks with a lot of our listeners. And the whole idea be, behind that is for our listeners to actually get inspired by, the, by those stories and, and see what's possible and take tips and hints on how they can um, improve what they're doing themselves and live a happier life and and uh, happy business.
0: And look, we definitely are doing that. That's been the feedback that I've um, received as well that last week's story was incredibly inspirational. And this week will be absolutely no difference. But while we actually talk about BNI and what it offers, the professional growth and the education is a huge part of the BNI system. So let's talk a little bit about our 2020 Business Growth Conference that is being hosted by BNI in Adelaide this year.
1: Yeah, so every year we have a uh, business growth conference for BNI. This is the third time we've had this in uh, in this inception, so to speak, and it's part of uh, what we do within BNI, uh, getting our members together and uh, getting them to connect with other businesses from around the country. So there'll be some great speakers on there. Our guest today is one of the organisers for this one here, and will be in Adelaide, and uh, this year it will be on Friday the nineteenth of June for members and guests. Where they can come along to the Adelaide Convention Centre. So look up um, BNI National Conference on Eventbrite, or check out uh, 2020, that is, or check out BNI National Conference on, uh, on social media on Facebook.
0: So a little bit more from behind the scenes from uh, one of the organisers today. Brent, would you like to introduce our guest speaker?
1: Well, a guest speaker can probably elaborate on it um, a bit later on uh, about her involvement in the. Uh, in the conference in Adelaide. But our guest speaker today is Simone Douglas, or our guest, uh, our guest today, is Simone Douglas. She is the founder of Social Media AOK. Uh, she's involved in BNI in Adelaide. Social Media AOK is the biggest social media outlet in South Australia. And she's also gone to the point from being a member of BNI to actually buying into the business and becoming executive director recently. So... Yeah. Um, We're looking forward to hearing from Simone. So welcome, Simone, and uh, great to hear from you today.
0: Thanks, Brent. How are you? (laughs) Can I just ask Simone, we're here on the sunny, most beautiful Mornington Peninsula here in Victoria. What's the weather like there in Adelaide? Uh,
2: Look, it's less than sunny today, slightly overcast, but um, I don't actually mind that given how hot it has been recently. So it's reasonably pleasant today. Um, which makes
1: life a little bit easier, I would have said. So Simone, you're one of these people that we'd like to say in BNI bleed maroon, I dare say. (laughs) So um, how long have you been in in BNI, well, as a member, and then you became an assistant uh, director, consultant, and then an executive director? How long has that journey been? Uh, So I've been in BNI
2: in one shape or form for about eight and a half years now. So, uh, starting off as a member in BNI Business Plus in Adelaide, um, and actually have only just recently uh, ceased being a member. So, when I became an executive director for BNI Adelaide North, I thought it was important um, that I was working hard to refer all of the members in my region, rather than just being focused on looking after a group of thirty members. So, yeah.
1: This is what a lot of people probably don't realise: is BNI is a business in itself, and and at the executive director, uh, you can actually run a BNI business. And a lot of our executive directors have actually come through the ranks of being members of the chapter, where they've actually got involved, really had belief in what we do, and actually you know wanted to actually buy in and be involved and help other people. And uh, and know, yeah, myself, it's a similar story with myself and and Simone as well. and We find that with a lot of people who who become b management, that they've come from the membership base in the first place. So um, just moving on, how were you mm-hmm. introduced to B&I, Simone? Um, so
2: it's a bit of a funny story. I was uh, friends on Facebook with uh, a gentleman who used to be my bistro supervisor at the Enfield Hotel when I managed the Enfield Hotel. Um, and we had actually agreed... Um, to part ways because we fe- we both felt that he was better suited um, in a role in another venue. and so I was technically invited to be an eye by someone who I kind of fired from the venue that I was working on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you must have done it in a very nice way. Yeah, well, I'm a big believer in never burning
2: bridges. You yeah. never know when you need a relationship or whether when someone can help you, but um yeah funnily enough, he, he invited me to BNI three times. Yeah. I rescheduled on him twice, yeah. um, and my business at the time, for so the uh, Social Media AOK, was actually only three months old, and I'd started it literally on a credit card. So I'd gone, left the business that I was working for, and just started consulting, um, and so it was a really interesting decision to have to make um, in relation to where I was going to find that money for the membership fee, which I put on a credit card at the time, um, but... I'm a big believer I came to the first meeting and, you know, to be perfectly honest, I didn't have the best experience. Like the person who greeted me at the start of the meeting was amazing, but then some of the other members didn't come across perhaps as friendly as I thought they might. Um, But for me, it was, you know, they were talking about thank you for closed business, and I think the chapter had passed $900,000 in closed business year to date. Wow. And I went, I know how to make friends. I want some of that money. I'm just going to come and make some friends.
1: It'll be fine. So, a couple of um, points here. So, so what actually made you commit was not the not the people in the chapter, but the the business they were doing was he was the carrot.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, for me, as a brand new business, um, and you know, someone that had a mortgage to pay, it was very much the opportunity to um, build and leverage networks. To grow my business, um, it's probably not the reason that I stayed. Although I am, you know, like a very dollars-driven business owner, but the relationships that I formed over that time were instrumental in continuing to grow that business. So um, I still blame um, Denise McKay, who was the conveyancer in that chapter. She, it was her fault that I hired my first staff member. <laughs> so huh. I'd been I'd been a member for about three months, I reckon. And, you know, got to the meeting early in the morning in Open Network and she goes, oh, how's business going? And I was just so busy. Like, I don't, I can't keep up, but I can't afford any help um, and I don't know what to do. And she just looked me in the eye and she said, you will never be ready. You just need to hire the person and you will make the revenue come and we'll all help you to do it. And Mm. it was very much the case. You know, everyone really got behind me to support me in whatever way that they could because they knew, Um, that i was making a leap of faith that every business owner goes through multiple times every time you put on a new staff member there's always that leap that's like okay i now have to have the revenue for that and maintain the profitability of the business so
0: there's a real theme coming across here brent and you hear it all the time where members they come into a a chapter and they might be from a, a startup business or three months in and they feel that support and that community getting behind them to help them in their business. But there's also something else that I'm hearing with you, Simone, and that is that you didn't necessarily join for that community. That was the value that came after. You took that leap of faith and made that decision to be part of a a, a good business network. So the idea was to go in there and, and generate more business in in a system that was obviously working. You could see that from the first meeting. And then the value that came from that was also this community that all rallied behind you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, one of the other hidden benefits of being a BNI member, particularly if you're in a sales role, which, you know, I am. My job is to uh, go and find new clients for all of my businesses. So in that sales role, what BNI actually makes you really good at over the course of your membership is speaking the language of other industries and specialisations. Because Mm -hmm. you hear from your fellow members who are financial planners and accountants and chiropractors and massage therapists, You talk to them, you're doing one-to-ones with them, you hear them deliver their referral requests every week. So then when I sit down opposite a financial advisor, I can say, okay, so your ideal client would be, you know, mid to late 40s, up to about 60, pre retiree not sure what they're doing with their retirement, not sure if they have enough revenue. Are those the kinds of people that you need to speak to? And you see the financial planner across from you is your potential client visibly just relax and open up because you're speaking their language as opposed to speaking you know marketing jargon or whatever else it might be and yeah. that's a really powerful benefit that nobody talks about in BI is that you become very industry savvy across so many industries
0: so true
1: I just find it really amazing that you've that you've um you were comfortable in scaling your business after three months in the chapter being surrounded by these people. You know, the, the, the confidence that that takes and, you know, it's a big leap of faith for for any small business to start employing people. And the, the thing I find um, quite funny too is, you actually knocked back three opportunities to get into this chapter in the first place or, or to be invited to this chapter. And, I did. <laughs> and usually, you know, when we're inviting guests along or, or when uh, you know, members are inviting guests along, they get one knockback and they think, oh, well, they, you know, they won't try again. But to get really good people, and good people are busy, and they're busy yeah. for a reason. They're busy because they're good. You know, just keep on knocking on that door and hassling them to get them along. And uh, yeah. you're proof in the pudding in that. So... um. All this led to you actually you know, scaling up to a fairly large social media operation. And, um, you know, years ago when I joined B&I, I think, you know, B&I forced me to get my first email address. Um, so that can tell you how, how much, you know, that industry's moved. How long in, have
0: you been in B&I, Brent?
1: Yeah, 20 years. Yeah. But I started when I was 15, I like to tell people. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, you know, way back then we used to fill in the uh, the, the reports, the Palms reports, and write them down on a pre-printed sheet of paper and fax them to the, uh, to the executive director. And we never had, you know, he used to just keep them on a database. So it, it'll show you like, you yeah, know, a social media person within a B&I group, who would have thought? So you wouldn't have even thought of that, you know, uh, 20 years ago when we started. So it's become a big part of what we do. So um, you've moved to the stage where you scaled your business and, and how did you, uh, you went from one staff member and well, where'd you go from there?
2: Um, well, I went from one staff member and then there were two. Um, and then I hired my general manager, Samara. And that was again another leap of faith because the general manager is not a small salary to pay by any shape or stretch of the imagination. Um, but it's one of those things. I think at this point we've got eight staff in a social media agency, all full-time, wow. um, all based locally. So we have a zero-offshoring policy, which I'm very passionate about, creating employment and keeping the dollars in the local economy, which is in line with what BNI is all about as well. Um, you know, it's creating that local revenue and keeping dollars in your local community, which is why it's such an amazing uh, organisation. So, um, yeah, we, we got to that point. I became a, I think I became an ambassador. I'd been a member for about six months. And um, uh, Simon Dote Roberts, who is the executive director here in South Australia, uh, posted something on Facebook saying he was going to director training in Wollongong and me being the smart ass that I am, <laughs> I posted something on that that said oh, it looks lovely but I'm not a director so I guess I can't go. Um, little did I know he really needed some directors and so I got this private message that said oh, I'm sure I could get Frederick Marku, the national director, to um, allow you to attend if it's of interest to you and so I said yeah absolutely I'll come along so I went to Wollongong and that was the first time I actually met um, Brent and a lot of the other executive directors um, and funnily enough you know that was the beginning of my journey to um, becoming the national marketing contact for BNI Australia so that was you know a three-year process of earning my credibility but it's about understanding that relationships it's the relationships that are the most important
1: thing. If you put the relationships ahead of the sale, you will win in the long run. So so B&I actually became one of your clients and, and you look after social media for B&I under your uh, social media AOK banner as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's awesome how that happens. So all this has gone on and you've built your business. How did this lead to you buying a pub? <laughs>
2: um, I, I have... Uh, Well, there's there's two people to thank for that. So Hazel Walker, so um, a lot of people in B&I in Australia have come across her. Um, She taught me the value of asking for exactly what you want. She has a really great story about that. Um, So what happened was I was looking for office space for the agency. We'd outgrown our little office at Kent Town and so I hired a broker. Um, We had a meeting at 9 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday and I said, oh, you know, in a perfect world, what I want is you know, uh, 100 square metres upstairs, it can be more. I'll just sublease it. I need a good training room downstairs with natural lights. I do a lot of training and ideally just a little bar or a cafe because I host lots of different events. I'm tired of paying room hire. I'd rather just have it all in one spot. This space is doing all this weird stuff, and Tamara is saying it's okay. She knows you can't find what she wants. She just believe in asking for it um and he goes no no i had a phone call an hour ago i have what you want it's not on the market are you available at 11 o'clock to come and look at it and i went well actually funnily enough i am so we pulled up outside the duke of brunswick hotel um, which looks very different today to what it did then um and because i had 20 years in the hospitality industry we just decided to make another leap of faith and so i took on the the lease for it became the publican and the licensee um, and again B&I helped us turn that business around you know in under two years we went from when we first took it over doing about $5,000 a week in trade which you know doesn't really pay the bills. so it was a reasonably big calculated risk um, and now we do about thirty to $35,000 a week in sales and I've only had it for two years and
0: three months. Wow.
1: It's so. a great pub too.
0: What an unbelievable it's a great story! Venue. Yeah,
1: <laughs> she's really, and actually, I've seen it over its development since Simone took it over, and it's uh, what she's done there has been fantastic. It's not, you know, it's a, it's a seriously um, trendy pub. You don't have barflies or anything, or a tab there. It's yeah. it's it's a meeting it's a meeting and greet place, and uh, yeah. and it's a local hub for people of uh, of businesses and social, you know, uh, within that realm. So. I think you've done a really good job there. So you've gone from the pub, and then you took another leap of faith and become Executive Director for BNI Adelaide North. I you: This is an unbelievable story. Some of it I didn't even know. So, um, yeah, tell us a bit about that.
2: Um, well, so about a year ago, um, Simon, who was well, the other Executive Director here in South Australia, approached me. Um, because he said there was a region available um, for sale and would I be interested? And I said to him and to Frederick at the time, I can't write this second. I'm in the middle of turning around, you know, the pub and that's a big priority for me. Um, So I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to turn it down. Um, And anyway, uh, Frederick came back to me and said, we'll wait for you. How long do you think it's going to take till you're ready? I went, oh, OK, um, so... <laughs> no pressure. I, I just, no pressure. <laughs> but I, I, was, you know, I was really tough that they felt strongly enough that I was the right person to steward that brand in this region, that they were prepared to wait. You know, that's really uncommon in business transactions. So um, six months later, pretty much, or 12 months later, uh, I was ready to go. And so we, you know, signed the paperwork and took on B&I Adelaide North in July... Um, 1st of July last year and launched our first new chapter in the region in November last year. We're currently working on some regional ones. Um, But I think, you know, outside of that, super exciting now to be working with all of the members across the region. We have about 160 members at this point. Um, But my most, like, I guess, exciting thing that ever happened with B&I, and and it really um, sums up the eight-year journey that I've had, so I finished uh, writing a book um, about three months ago, and I said to Frederick, um, "I'm wondering if I can ask for a, for a referral request. Hang on a 2nd I'm wondering if I can ask for a personal referral request." And Frederick's like, "Sure. What would you like?" You know, we've been working together quite closely for a long time. I said, can you ask Ivan Meisner if you would write the forward for my book? Wow. And um, Frederick said, absolutely, I can do that for you. And so he sent Ivan an email um, and Ivan came back and said, yes. So Ivan's just finished writing the forward um, to my very first book, which, you know, that's a pretty big bucket list to have someone like Ivan Meisner write the forward. Um, but it really does show the journey that you go through in BNI and how you, if you spend time just trying to help people as much as you can across the board without worrying about where it's going to come back, and you know, you end up having your dreams come true and it doesn't matter how big those dreams are.
0: I have so many questions for Simone right now because you've touched on so many things that, you know, as a member who is passionate about BNI and what we do and you try and explain to someone who's never heard of BNI before what it means, it, you can baffle them. But yeah. you've touched on a few things. So I guess my, my one question to you right now is if there was somebody listening who had heard of BNI, had been invited and possibly rescheduled a couple of times with a person who had um, been committed enough to keep inviting them, what would be the one thing that you would tell that person about considering so that they would take that leap of faith and just come to a breakfast meeting and see what we do?
2: Um, I think the one thing that I would tell people is that ask yourself the question, what is the opportunity that you're saying no to?
0: Yeah, great question. Because
2: I'm a big believer outside. It doesn't matter if it's b or any other event. Um, When you're invited to an event, a networking event, you know, or a workshop or something like that, um, I always ask myself the question, if I choose not to go to this, Who is it that I'm choosing not to meet? And could that person that I'm choosing not to meet change the face of my business? Is my dream client there? Is there a person there that in five years' time is going to introduce me to my dream client? All of those things are possible, but they're only possible if you go and find out what's in the room and who's in
0: the room. If someone just heard that today, what a difference would that make?
1: I like to call it opportunity loss. And yeah. uh, how much business did you lose by not going to that event and networking your business? Well you don't know but yeah. you could have met your dream client there yeah and that's an yeah. opportunity loss. So um, Simone, we're just uh, <laughs> about to wrap things up and uh, congratulations on the book and for those first time listeners Dr. Ivan Meisner is the founder of BNI founded BNI 35 years ago for people who, who don't know about BNI who may be listening we'll just clear that up. What is your success tip? For members, what would you think would be your major success tip?
2: Um, well, it's a really simple one, but then everything in B&I is simple um, if you just apply it. So I have always booked my one-to-one six weeks in advance. So And I always do a minimum of two one-to-ones a week. And I do one of those one-to-ones with a member who I feel I should have a really good strong referral relationship with but perhaps it's not as strong as I would like Um, and I take responsibility for that so I go and have a conversation with that member about you know where am I falling down or what is it that you need to learn about me to help you feel more comfortable in referring me business Um, and the other one-to-one that I do in a week is with someone that I think I have absolutely nothing in common with because those members they have your dream referrals in their back pocket so one of my best referrals came from the gym's termite and pest control guy in my chapter, you know, and and that was a $60,000 client. Wow. But if I'd been, you know, really stuck up and gone, at just the termite and pest control guy, yeah. you know, not only would I have missed out on that $60,000, but he also happens to be one of the sharpest business minds I've ever met and a very good friend now. Um, but, you know, do the one-to-ones with the people that
0: you don't think can help you because you don't know who all of their contacts are. Mm. You get to know the people in your chapter.
1: Well, yeah. you know, that's a that's a thing. We're all about building relationships. And some people will, will look at someone and say, yeah, I don't think that person will be able to, you know, get me who I need and, and brush over. And where, if you get to know everyone, you'd never know where those, you know, where those contacts are going to leave. So, great story today. Uh, thank you very much, Simone. One thing that people... Probably wouldn't realise too, and Veronica might not realise that you've done all this by raising two young boys as well, which is amazing That was actually itself.
0: going to be a question for me. I, I, <laughs> I was trying to get it in there, but we were just, you know, bleeding moron, as you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you do it? So, you know, there's a lot of women in B&I, 40% now apparently of yeah. our membership is women across the globe. How are you personally doing it? Raising a family, running a pub, you know, executive director now of the region.
1: Taking out of the world. World
0: domination. Taking out of the world. How are you doing it?
2: Uh, I I think I do it the same way, you know, that men in business do it. I think it's, you know, I I had a divorce thrown in there in the middle, so I have shared custody of my boys. And, you know, the week that I have them, I work six-hour days and wait for them to go to bed and, and mop up loose ends then. And the week that I don't have them, You know, I'm very, very focused on business. So it's it's a balancing act. You know, Frederick once said to me that, you know, there's no such thing as um, work-life balance, but you can have work-life harmony. So I think it's about knowing where the payoffs are. Um, And the boys talk about when they grow up, they'll start their own businesses and what types of companies they'll have and, you know, how many employees they'll have. And it's, you know, it's about being a role model for a different way of being in the world, um, not everyone's going to go out and get a job anymore. Lots of people, you know, the bulk of the Australian economy is made up of small business owners. So,
1: yes, fantastic. Fantastic. Too. So, um, just before we uh, let you let you go, you're one of the organisers of the uh, 2020 Business Growth Convention in Adelaide, hosted by BNI Australia. Can you give us a bit of a uh, bit of a promo? or a bit of details on what people may be able to expect from that?
2: Well, I think um, it's really important to understand that it's open to anybody in business and it's about covering off on all of the topics that you would need in order to grow effectively, in order to be able to change your mindset. So We have world-class speakers, you know, um, Peter Merritt talking about bringing wonderful to life in your business. So that whole thing of... You know, being enthusiastic and how, how you have a mindset for that. We have Lisa McKinnon smith talking about resilience and how to form solid relationships and really connect with the people in your life in all different areas. But then we have other people talking about storytelling and messaging and marketing um, and growth mindset versus fixed mindset. So personally, I'll be taking my entire team to this conference Um from Social Media AOK as well as both my assistant managers from the pub because it's conferences like these that really allow you to um, come away with you know a renewed level of energy and the other advantage is that you're networking with the top 10% of business owners in the country because it is the top 10% that take time out of their business to learn and to grow so that they come back to their businesses reinvigorated. So it's a world-class event. Um, on on a, what is a very uh, reasonable ticket price. So I think it's only about $190 for the full day and that's catered, you know. So you've got like your morning, afternoon tea and lunch provided during that as well as a host of networking opportunities. So if you're thinking about getting on a plane and coming to Adelaide, you know, it I would thoroughly recommend it. And if you are in Adelaide and in business, Um, then it's kind of a no-brainer. It's not often that an event like this with that kind of a price tag comes to town.
0: So, and what yeah, opportunity it, might you be saying no to if you don't attend? I know we're really looking forward to seeing you and really excited to hear a little bit more about your story. And I'm sorry we don't have more time today. We could just talk talk for another hour. So thank you so much, Simone, for uh, taking some time out of your day and really sharing your very inspirational story with us uh, on The Australian Story, our BNI podcast, Episode 2. My
2: pleasure, guys. Have a great day.
1: Thanks, Simone.
0: So just uh, a couple of things that we're going to cover off in this episode. Firstly, local events, Brent, that might be coming up. There's the Givers Gain Fun Day on Sunday the 15th of March. It's happening at the Listerfield Park Lake. It's an absolutely free event for any members who'd like to come along and also bring their family and friends. And that's being put on by uh, a team of people in the Melbourne South region. We've also got some visitors days coming up in the local region too. So um, for someone who's not a part of B&I, Brent, why would you say for them to come along to a visitor's day if they get the opportunity?
1: Yeah, it's a great opportunity to meet a group of local businesses who are looking to help each other and, and help each other succeed in business. So as we hit on before, you never know where your next client's going to come from and that could be from just touching base at a visitor's day and meeting with other business people. So it's very important that we get out of our cave and uh, get to meet other people because they could lead us to uh, where we need to be and hit our goals.
0: Fantastic. And of course, to finish off our episode this week, what is your tip?
1: So, oh, our tip for the week. Now, have you ever heard, and this term gets used in, um, in manufacturing and delivering, etc., is called uh, DIFOT. Have you ever heard the term DIFOT? No. So, DIFOT stands for Deliver in Full on Time. So how does that pertain to B&I? Well, when you're in B&I and you're delivering products or service for, for members of your chapter or referrals, it's very important to deliver in full on time. So basically, do what you promise, do what you say you're gonna do, and make sure the customer has a great experience. Because if they don't have a great experience, they won't refer you on to other people. You've got less chance of finding more referrals. So we get members report back uh, second tier, third tier, fourth tier, you know, right up to I've heard members talk about tier 14 referrals from BNI Connections and that has only come from because they've done the right thing by people that people feel compelled to actually refer them on so it all starts with that initial referral that you get follow up deliver in full on time and do a great job otherwise people won't refer you on
0: that's a fantastic tip. And in the spirit of Dive fight, we will deliver in full our podcast today on time. A very big thank you to Steve, our podcast producer today, and also to Doug from Rising Rocket Media, who has put together our social media footage uh, that we've been able to use for, to launch episode one. So Brent, thanks very much.
1: I just have one thing to add, and I've been asked by a few members, can they a CU? A chapter education unit for listening to our podcast and i say to my members yes i think it's uh, worthwhile it's worth the ceu but please check with your regional director if that's okay and with your chapter
0: fantastic so until next week please tune in for episode three which will be coming out on tuesday of each week thanks very much for listening today
1: thank you